turn around once and we do the evil run. It's a good song. It's a good song to be able to use. Manly killing it. Uh, but yes, we are going to be talking some horse racing. That's all right. We're coming off of a fair bit of rain, which hasn't been too bad. It pretty much pissed down last night in Sydney, but it's been pretty good today. Uh, talking about last weekend, which was absolutely bizarre with the Queen Elizabeth. If you tipped, think it over, you're a liar. And look, everyone was under the same boat. Can't handle the heavy track. It's not going to go too well. It's had four starts. Hasn't had a place. Up against Zaki. Up against Very Elegant. Up against Montefilia. Animo. The likes. I'm thunderstruck. What does Nash do? Nash goes straight to the outside fence and absolutely brains them straight over Jamie Carr. One of the best rides. Probably the best ride I think I've ever seen. The nuts that he had to do that in a group one and to just peel out and go. I th- the last time I saw that, I think it was... Osborne Bulls with Tommy and did it in Everest, which is ballsy. He ended up coming third, but bloody hell. Unbelievable. Uh, there was plenty of other good runs on Saturday. It's going to be Tom and myself uh, going through All Age Stakes Day this weekend, doing a little preview for that. Kohai uh, unavailable. But look, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, just give it a search. It's Give Us a Spell podcast in the groups. Um, I'll accept you, get you in there. But just fair bit of just, I guess, uh, rugby league tips, people's punts, people's multis, plenty of NRL and stuff going on in there as well. So jump in there. There's a couple hundred. I think we're at 300 and something at the moment. So jump in there. It's good stuff. And as you do, like, subscribe. If you enjoy it, please reach out. We're happy to get some um, some punters actually involved with the podcast in the coming weeks too, going into a bit of... Um, bit of winter carnival time in Brisbane. There's plenty of Queensland listeners. So if you've got some good Brisbane mail, some winter winter stuff, feel free to reach out. We'll give you a call. But I welcome in Tom. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Um, it's been a been a pretty hectic week. Some pretty good racing wrapping up last week in day two of the champs. Uh, yeah, it's yeah doing pretty well. Some couple of couple more group ones this weekend. So, yeah, still full steam ahead. When you think of the group ones this weekend, it's... Look, to me, it just pales in comparison to last weekend. So we can have a little chat. We'll go through a a bit of the card. Uh, I think the first, I think we both liked um, Williamsburg. I think it was pretty tough. Karen's ride. I know that Coey liked Moco, which was pretty much, you know, bang on second. Um, Williamsburg looks like a bit of a, just a smart two-year-old, eh? Yeah, yeah. So first real uh, test mile and it's two bottomless tracks as well. So definitely, definitely really tough horse. And it's it's been that same lot of horses a couple of times now. So yeah, there's plenty to that horse, and uh, yeah, I think Jordan Sterling got a good two-year-old there. The um, race to Lock Eagle that hurt. That was a really short favourite that a lot of people were on, including myself. That lost the provincial championships final. Uh, this was look, it was a tough one to pick. I had a little bit on Kinlock. When I say little, I mean like $10. But I know a few people about Kiss some. French Marine was huge odds and ran really well. But the fact that Chris Lee's had a stack in the race, it's pretty lucky that he, he nailed one. But look, I wouldn't have picked probably Kinlock to be his the one to win. I just liked the horse and waited around the last couple of races. But look, everyone was all over Never Talk as a fave. Great news was getting backed. What were you on? Yeah, Kinlock, mate. Um, yeah, that was that was a pretty good result for me. And I... I think I said on the podcast last week that out of Chris Lee's, that was the one that was looking to improve. But never, never talk looked like the one that was going to be better on the wet track. But um, no, I was lucky enough to back Kinlock, and that set my day up pretty well. Kiss Sum was a big worry. Um, I know a few people tipping it, and I actually thought it got to the line first there. But it, it, it was a massive run, and I think we might see it go to a Stradbroke or 
run in a couple of Queensland races anyway. So, yeah, kiss some good horse. But, yeah, I think I think Chris has got a good one there with Ken Lott. Yeah, it's bloody good. Um, the Percy Sykes, I looked at a few places. I know that Tab have been doing their traders have been putting up a lay of the day and they laid Paris Dior. Ended up winning. I backed Willinger Beast. Brenton was aboard another Lee's horse. I backed it at, like, I think... Eights or nines, and it got smashed into like five dollars. And fuck, it looked like it was going to win two hundred out. But J Mac just kicked up that inside, and Paris Dior made too good. Mate, yeah, um, as you said, massive money coming for the Chris Lee's thing, and I think he's got a pretty high opinion of it. But yeah, that Paris Dior had some good form around it, and didn't do it, didn't do it the easy way. But he, he's toughed it out, and uh, yeah, I think it's a good horse. McDonald was pretty happy with it. Got out massively, because I know everyone was backing it through the week. I think it's opened $4 and got smashed in there. 250 for most of the week, and then Back drifted out. just before the race, so didn't like it late, but yeah, got the job done. And Marzu, the four-horse field in the three-year-old sprint, I loved it. I was all over Marzu, even though in the Congo was fave, but Marzu, bloody good. Clippo aboard. Um, do you jump on? Mate, I, I, uh, I didn't actually. I did back it for the Everest beforehand, though, and I think it was 15s into 11. I know one slot holder had the contract in front of Peter and Paul before that race, and I've heard rumours that multiple have gone to him now since that race as well. So it was a it was a tough win, even in a small field. It was one of the wins of the day, I think, um, just, just clinical in the way it got the job done. And I, th- I think we're going to see Mazu as uh, one of the premier sprinters for the next few years. It's a bloody bloody nice watch. The, um, the Oaks, El Patroness somehow won. This came out of the blue for me. The Danny O'Brien horse, Damien Lane rode it. It was 26 bucks. Gypsy Goddess was good. A bit iffy how it would go, I guess, in the heavy 10. But look, it ran pretty well. I think it about two and a half lengths behind. El Patroness was bloody huge. Hinged. Got there for fourth, but then, you know, your Honey Creepers, which was one that got backed hard. Uh, but El Patroness, did you see that one? Yeah, it, it it was actually really impressive and it sort of looked the winner a little bit out. And I thought Gypsy, uh, being ridden more forward, did look a bit promising, but um, yeah, still coming second. And Honey Creeper was one of the only ones that actually did make up a bit of ground. So the track was a bit weird. Uh, sort of around this point, you just wanted to be on the leaders because, yeah, they weren't making up much ground. But if, if they're on a fair track, I reckon Honey Creeper um, gets a lot closer. But Take nothing away from the winner, uh, Danny O'Brien, and Damian Lane's just. Um, I I think he's only twenty seven, and he he does so well in these Group Ones. So it was a, it was a good win, and I think we might see a bit more of this horse. Yeah, he's a gun. Um, when we talk about good rides, everyone's been talking about Nash, but I think it's like Rachel King's ride on Knight's Order has been a bit overshadowed. For the Sydney Cup, where we were talking about 3,200 metres in the absolute slop in the heavy 10, she took Knight's Order to the front and just didn't look back and ended up winning by two lengths, paid nine bucks or whatever it was, got the best of you know some pretty good stayers. Bloody good ride from Rach. Yeah, just typical Gay Waterhouse uh, horse straight to the front. Rachel King just does it so well and just kept kept going. It's it's the perfect sort of horse for that Sydney Cup and, and for Rachel, and it, it was just clinical. Uh, Shiraz uh, did well to come second because I think it copped a couple of checks and still was hitting strong and had a mate of mine who was on at a big odds, wasn't too thrilled. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was massive as well. But Knight's Order, yeah, just, yeah, Really good horse, good um, good leader, and, and it looked the winner a, a bit away from home as well. I think Queen Elizabeth has a bunch of talking points here. So, 
Think it over wins at $41. Did you back it? Yes, you did. You told me you had a little lash on it. it every time that you've backed Think It Over, it's always been a huge odds too, and I've never jumped on. But Think It Over, everyone was talking about it. I even said it last week on the podcast. I'm like, it's had four starts in the heavy for no places. It's probably not its go. It's going around, but probably steer clear. Zaki, Jamie Carr would have thought she's ahead, right? She thought she was home. The fact that Nash just pops up on the other side of her where she probably didn't assume anyone would be. Very elegant. Look, never really in it. Still made ground late, but yeah, it was a tough watch. Duas, not really good. Montefilia, not really good. And Animo, pretty disappointing. Just pulled up pretty quickly. But think it over. We'll play the audio in a sec, but let's go through a couple of them. What did you think of the win? So, mate, um, I just I, I looked at the market and I thought if this was a dry track, think it over. It's almost... Um, Almost favourite alongside Zaki and um, a couple other horses as well, Deus and Montefilia and Animo. But um, I just thought forty one dollars was way way too much for a champion like it. So I had twenty dollars on it, and it yeah, and it did so well. Um, had a had a hundred bucks on Zaki though because of the the leader bias that was happening to it a bit before, and um, I just thought it got an easy lead and. Jamie Carr almost did uh, what the other two horses did in the other group ones and just go straight to the front and kept winning. If if it wasn't for Nash and some smart thinking, then you could tell all through the race, he's just sitting outside the leader. Many, many think to just try and um, try and follow it into the race. But I think he thought that he could go to that outside point on the way to the gates, he said, after where that was a bit firmer and could help him out. And I think it's going to go down as one of the... Um, one of the ballsiest rides we've ever seen. And any time a horse goes to that outside track, I think we're going to be bringing up this Queen Elizabeth because it, it it was so gutsy. And the helicopter shot is one of the greatest shots I've ever seen on a racetrack on what he's doing. I know you and a lot of other people were saying, and myself included, thought the horse might have gone amiss because we didn't really know what was happening. And I was in the truck and me and the director are trying to, trying to figure out which horse is going to win it and where trying to get the tight shot and we've gone Zaki, think it over, Zaki, think it over. And even with 50 to go, I don't think we're going to get there, but it was it was just such a good ride and only something someone like Nash could really do. It was it was a gutsy win. I'd take nothing away from Zaki, but it was really ballsy. And I, I really regret not having Mount Popper in a trifecta because yeah. I think I spruced it for it the did. place uh, last week as well. So um, it would have paid anything, especially with Talisan coming fourth in the first four. But... Uh, one I want to talk about as well is very elegant. I actually think her ride was really good, and and McDonald's patting uh, Nash on the back 100 metres past the post because she was flying through the line. And whether she's just a genuine stayer now since the Melbourne Cup win, maybe that's it. But uh, hopefully we haven't seen the last of her because I still think she's very good, and I'd love to see her in an arc or um, even another Melbourne Cup or something like that. She might be too outweighed, but just um, she's too good not to see her again. I think I know. I know she'll be a great mum, but yeah, I'd love to see Very Elegant again because I don't think her uh, work's finished yet. I did that. I put up a post yesterday asking that question and I saw your comment, but I sort of went off it because I saw Bossy put out a video and he straight away said, no, he doesn't think she should go to an arc. But look, like you said, it was she was making up ground and maybe she's a stayer. So I when we when you said think it over, it, it kind of looked like watching a two year old really green, right? So when I watched it live, I was like, "Fuck!" It's just it's just wigged out and it's pulled him to the to the edge of the track, which you sometimes see in a fucking benchmark fifty eight at Goulburn. So he done that, and was it true that he sort of followed the ambulance sort of trail? Is that did I read read that somewhere? 
Yeah, so, I think he. I think he said on his way to the gate, either that race or the race before, he was on the outside fence and he noticed how hard it was. And you can actually see it on the helicopter vision. It you can see um, the ambulance and the barriers and everyone's been. So many people go on that track all week because there's so much things you got to do, whether it's carting uh, rail or yeah, moving the barriers or whatever. And they always stick to the outside, and you can you can literally see on the helicopter vision how hard that outside fence is, yeah, um, and how better looking the grass looks there. So. Mate, we almost saw Tommy Berry win an Everest on Osborne Bulls going out uh, on the rail. So it was, yeah, it was just, I'm surprised no one else uh, tried to do it in the last two races. But I guess, um, I think Duff made the point that they were too tired by the time they got to the straight. And it was, Mm. we had so much rain and it's almost a shame that that's, um, we get that sort of track for a championship day, but it, there's not much anyone else could have done to get the track as good as it was. It, we had helicopters over the top trying to dry it out. We we they tried literally everything to get the track as um, dry as possible. Right, I mentioned I mentioned Osborne Bulls in the intro, and I think when it when it comes, you said ballsy. I said he just has balls of steel the, to actually have the nuts to do that in a group one because that could backfire. He could have gone there and ran five lengths last and everyone would have gone, what the fuck are you doing? But to have the nuts that he did and the nuts that Tommy Berry did in that Everest a couple of years ago on Osborne Bulls where he ran third for a squillion dollars, um, really good, I think. And for anyone that doesn't understand, Tom, when you said you were trying to get this tight shot of the of the track, when during carnivals... Tom works at Sky and he's in the truck there. So he's got multiple camera angles, multiple things happening. So anytime you're watching a race and he's got a, all of a sudden he's got a couple on the fence and a couple on the other, on the inside rail or whatever, and you've got to try and get a tight shot, not easy to do, eh? No, no. And um, and the director have fought a bunch of times and um, <laughs> going which camera, but he, yeah, he, um, we just had to stay wide uh, there because we had no idea what was going to happen. The other thing I'll say, you're right, it's, it's a very risky thing to do to go to the outside fence like that, but he was on a $41 shot, a dollar shot that needs the hard ground to really make up ground. So it would have been really interesting if he was on like a Animo that was a dollar um, or was yeah, a $4 true. chance um, where a lot more punters were on. But yeah, it, it, it paid off and I, I think he got his um, fine down to 30 grand today <laughs> and I still think yeah, he would have paid use. none of it. I think the owners would have um, helped him out there. I don't think any of them are paying it in. But um, I'll play the end of the... I want to hear Darren's call. Trying to pick up, very elegant, getting wide. Doers to the outside and Mount Popper back to the rails. Into the straight and Zaki still in front. Think it over's coming to the So he's just rail. gone to the rail. This is interesting. Zaki in front. Think it over coming down the outside fence. And they're well clear from the arrivals at the moment. I'm thunderstruck, Mount Popper making ground. Zaki in front. Think it over. Can Nash get it home? He's coming right down the outside. Zaki in front. Think it over. Down the stands rail. Lunges. Gets up. Think it over. What a ride, Nash for Willa. In spectacular style, wins the Quindalus. So every time you watch it, it's amazing. And the fact that Jamie Carr didn't look once. Like, I was watching, trying to zoom in on her face just then. She didn't look at all, like, to see where, even have an, have an inkling that he was coming up. No, and uh, someone else made the point as well. If, uh, if Think It Over was a bit closer to Zaki as well, um, does Zaki lift as well? Because I don't think Zaki noticed Think It Over and didn't have that sort of kickback um, 
when another horse is coming back, uh, going stride for stride. So I think that added to it as well, just the fact the distance between the two horses. It Yeah, it was just an incredible win. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's something, something you won't see. Um, it's, it's become a really big race, this Queen Elizabeth, over the last few years. I mean, we've seen Very Elegant and uh, the British Bulldog go head-to-head the last few years. Made think it over, yeah, that's that's going to go down as one of those, the biggest wins um, in a Queen Elizabeth that we've seen for a while. And if you haven't, I'm watching the helicopter shot now. If you haven't done that, do yourself a favour. You'll be able to find it on YouTube or on, on Twitter or something. It's ridiculous. And it's pretty cool. Straight after the after the finish, J-Mac on Very Elegant goes straight up and catches up to Nash and gives him a pretty high five and a pat on the back. So he even as a fellow jock, he would have thought it was fucking amazing. Even um, in the um, beaten jocks... Uh, Huey was asked about his ride on um, Montefilia and all he said was, Nash, just too good. <laughs> he's, yeah. just, he's just too good. It's so true. Um, the, the queen of the turf, uh, unfortunately, Colette comes last, um, went around as favourite and has been retired. Yeah, um, well, it, it, there's there's wet tracks which Colette goes so well in and then it was bottomless, which uh, we saw last Saturday, but she goes down as one of Godolphin's highest earning horses in Australia ever. So um, she'll be a great mare and uh, hopefully throw some great ones for Godolphin. Yeah, just just never looked in it at all. Um, I think McDonald said after, just just not her day. And big win for Matty Smith on Nimalee, his first group yeah. one in Sydney. Well, I, I couldn't believe that because he's, he's had some great I can't believe he hasn't, yeah. Group ones. Yeah, but um, yeah, first one in Sydney, but... Um, yeah, that was really good. Damien Oliver just uh, getting another group one on a big day. He's just so used to. And he's the best of all time thought, now. He's got the record. Yeah, yeah. he um, He's incredible, uh, Damien. He he, he'll probably have a few more before he calls it a day too. So uh, just comes in for these big days and ride ride horses like Nimalee to win. I thought Ice Bath was massive again without winning and yeah, just uh, hopefully we see Ice Bath get the big one soon. It's going around this weekend. Yeah, I can, I'll talk about it later. I think it's got a massive chance. All right, well, let's go to it. We got uh, 10 of the best from Randwick, currently a heavy nine. It rained last night. It didn't really rain today. I'm not really sure what's going on for Good Friday and stuff, but straight away we finish, We start with a highway, 1,200 metres, and J-Max aboard for Stubbs um, called Sparring. Barrier 18, 7 bucks into 550. We've got Optimo drawn out wide as well. Bowman aboard for Quinn at 7 bucks. It's been backed a little bit. Brazen Impact, Tommy Berry, Danny Williams, Mr. Hustle, Salir, Boom Boom Basil, Hardware Lane. Look, I don't know a lot of these. I probably know a bit of Mr. Hustle. I like the Cameron Crockett horse, but yeah, not sure. What are your thoughts? Mate, um, I think I'm actually getting a couple of good days. There was even a rumour that they were hoping that they could get into the um, soft region but um there's just a couple of couple of rain clouds has hit Randwick today and yesterday so i reckon we'd be around that heavy eight maybe improving into a soft but yeah just the amount of rain we've had so much so far i can't see it getting too too dry and uh yeah we get the highways back there's a couple of yeah, a couple of um different form lines we've seen uh sparring come through melbourne uh, finishing fifth last start optimo uh, having a really good trial, looking to win first up. And as you said, Mr. Hustle coming through that country championship. Hey, there's one I don't – I think um, might get a nice lead in that street power for Cav. It led in the country champ wild card and then just sort of got swept up late. I think uh, 1,200 metres at Randwick, it, 
it might be too far, but if we see a couple of leaders, especially with that um, rail out, I think it might have a chance. And if he can go straight to the front and keep going, I think Street Power might be a good shot at $14. Um, yeah, Mr. Hustle's so good, and Reese Jones on it uh, is has got to be a massive chance. Uh, Boom Boom Basil had a nice trial as well. We see Mitch Beer bringing the hard way lane. Um, these hard, these highways are so hard to find. Um, so sometimes hard. you, yeah, sometimes you're just better off backing a jockey like Reese Jones. So you, Colin's always good, but he's out for a bit. But yeah, it's difficult one to line up. Um, I'm just going to go with straight powered at a bit of odds. Uh, race number two, and it was a contributing factor. Is the fave, and I can't cop midways. I don't like midways, but and I never seem to win on them. But contributing factor, barrier fifteen for Atkins and Hugh Bowman, three bucks ninety. We've got mahogany there. Tommy Sherry is claiming one and a half. Uh, Mister Payne, barrier eight, four dollars and forty cents. Just checking what they opened. Yeah, so contributing factors being back. That opened six bucks, so it's already three ninety. You got French Bonnet, six bucks. Nash board for Kim Wall. We got highly desired there. Different strokes. A shim, a chira, straub going around. I'm always been a big straub fan. And J Max award at nine fifty. Uh, not a bad race actually. Savvy Legend even at fifteens. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I think all that money came today for contributing factor. I don't know where it was, but um, it. It's finished really strong without making it to that provincial um, championship final. It, it had two really good runs in the heat and then in the wild card without making it. But I can see why people are backing it. Very good horse and um, doesn't mind uh, the sting out of the ground a bit. So if you like it, I, I can't knock you at all. I want to talk about two other ones that have also gone to those provincial uh, heats in different strokes and divine breath, I think. They both ran in the um, Four Pillars last prep and uh, I think will improve after having a first up run in in the heat. So uh, I think both ran in the wild card, actually. And Jay Ford on different strokes. Um, the barrier is just a big worry there. And Divine Breath, Brock Ryan, Teresa Bait up. Um, this is another another really good horse of theirs. And I think um, she just gets a bit forgotten about Teresa Bait up because this horse was going so well towards the end of last prep, always in the money. And I think this... A race like this sort of sets it up for uh, um, in that barrier three spot. Brock Ryan on. Um, yeah, I really like to Vine Breath at $12. I like it, and I do. I'm a big Teresa Bait-Up fan. She's uh, she's doing great. Frank Packer, plate number three. Race number three, straight Aaron. Very short, 2 bucks ten into $2. And we go straight out to double figures for Lukey Luke, for Gwenda Markwell, and Keegan Latham. It's 10 bucks, but it was 15 so a little bit of coin for it. Jalmari, Tommy Berry, Danny Williams at 12s. War Eternals going around again at 13s. Morris's me dad, 13. Raging Bull, Inverell, Bon Vivant. But this might be just another win for Straight Aaron. I know it's drawn 14, but it was bloody good in that Group 3 a couple of weeks ago where it beat Jalmari. Don't know if it should be that differential of, like, different odds, like 2 bucks or 12s, but what do you think? Yeah, actually listening to... Uh, I know you mentioned Tim Ryan uh, before. He said earlier on in the week they did want to lay this horse coming towards this race. So, um it's it's hard to say that because I know uh, the Autumn Sun Syndicate that have this horse in those uh, red and green South colours, big fans of it, and I think it's going straight to Hong Kong like uh, Senor Toba did for to try and win um, win a Hong Kong Derby. Um, there, there's a massive opinion of this horse, and you can see why, as you said, um, big big win last start. But in saying that, we've got we've got some. Um, some Derby horses backing up in the likes of Maurice Me Dad, Raging Bull, uh, War Eternal, and they all ran pretty well, sort of 
six, seven, and eight in the derbies, not too far off high tots too. So, a um, couple of different form lines. It's hard to hard to sort of line up. Two bucks straight, Aaron is is just a little bit of a risk. Even a horse like Inverell finishing off. I know as a benchmark sixty four, but um, just at the distance, I think it's uh, a very tried horse and can run pretty well. So. I want to I want to look at things like Raging Bull and Inverell. I just there's there are some shorties on the day, and if there's one one I'm worried about, it is something like Straight Aaron. Two bucks. I just don't know if I can can handle. It. Probably wins, but I don't know. Uh, we have race number four, which is the Champagne. So this is going to be bloody cool. So Fireburn's going around a dollar fifty. She's Extreme going up against her again, three seventy. Williamsburg's there. Let's roll the dice. Count the headlights and wealthy investor. So it's only a field of six. Fireburn is going, or is looking to be the first filly in, I think, 30 years since Burst um, to do the trip to win the Triple Crown. So that's pretty cool for a girl to be doing that. So 30 years. And I actually saw that Burst is still alive. I saw New Haven posting a photo of her. So bloody rare to be seeing you know, these horses at 32. They posted a photo of her with her three trophies, which was bloody cool. She was like eating or drinking out of it. Um, Bloody cool. I think it's a huge chance. I think Fiverr and wins. I think Abdullah knows the horse really well. Gary Bortelli's super confident. She's extremes very good, but I just don't think it's as good as Fiverr. Yeah, I mean, it's a dollar fifty, but uh, rightly so. Every test slipper up to 1,400, and now we're going to the mile. It's racing pattern. You'd think the mile won't be too much. Uh, more difficult. It actually probably suits Fireborn more than she's extreme because um, just that extra bit of distance with Fireburn coming on, I, I just think it suits so well. And Portelli actually says it's going so uh, she's going so well week to week. This is actually the best she's looked uh, in preparation for a race. Um, and he thought about not bringing her back too much in order, maybe just for a run. And if she's if she's still going that well, could you even see go towards a JJ Atkins or something? You know, I know it's a big a big ask for a two year old, but she's just doing everything asked of her at the moment. And as you said, Breton Breton doing so well on this horse. Um, maybe the small field might be a little bit of a worry, but you, you, maybe it just helps and it puts more on it. I, I just can't knock Fireburn at all. The only thing I'll say is Williamsburg's been really tough. It's uh, proven on that heavy track at Randwick last week and, and uh, at the mile as well and, and has been getting through um, the ground and maybe the backup helps him. But I, it's it's definitely against a weaker class, not the not the slipper form in Fireburn and She's Extreme. I think Fireburn too good. Yeah, I think Fireburn wins, She's Extreme second, Williamsburg third, let's roll the dice fourth. Chuck your 20 bucks on, get... The first four, 20,000% or whatever it is, 20 times, 2,000%. Uh, the eight, James HB car stakes, another shorty in Espiona. So not sure if going around, but eighty. Comrade Rosa at sevens, Party for one, Regan Bayless and Joe Pride at tens, Festival Dancer, Capistel had a couple of win, good wins this prep, Dalcini, Robodira, um, et cetera. Is Espiona going to go around? Yeah, I think it's all depending on what happens with the weather. If we get a bit of an improving track, then Waller, I think, will run her. He said at Hawkesbury yesterday that if, if those just a um, couple of cloud patches do come into fruition and they get a really wet track, then he's unlikely to run her. But he's he's running out of races to run her unless he looks at Queensland because um, the Sydney Carnival's finishing. I know we go to Hawkesbury, Gosford and Scone soon, but yeah... Um, if she runs, she's too good for this field. I mean, she's clearly got class about her, even even though she, she hasn't lived up to the massive hype that was around her. She, she's still a very good horse. So 
I think if she runs, she wins. But there's one I want to point out in Festival Dancer. I think it um it was looking really good. Uh, last prep, it's come back and it's trialed really well. It won the Group Three at Newcastle on Hunter Day, and then went to I think it was the Sandown Guineas, coming second or third. Uh, sorry, it was at Caulfield. Yeah, so um. Look, uh, very much on the upside. I guess Mark Zara, so, and Matty Smith, again, coming off of Group 1 last week, has been doing really well. I think Festival Dance is the one, if uh, Espiona does come out, that I want to be backing. We go race six, and it's the hallmark, which is 1,200 metres, and another shorty, big parade, I like it. Josh Parr, Mark Newnham, we know what... He, know what um, we know what it can do. Dollar eighty-five. It was two ten, but look, he's a pretty strong pony. He came second last start and to Shelby sixty-six, but he finds a lead. And look, he hasn't had a win in the heavy, but he's won five out of six times in the soft, and he's placed both times in the heavy. So I think he's ticking a lot of boxes for me. Barrier three. Count the rupees there as well. Brock Ryan, Robert, and Luke Price. They're out of barrier one. Eight bucks. Kementari. God, still going around. Uh, Nash aboard. It's scary. Could easily win. Who knows? Gem Song, Signore Fox, Quantico for two. Strumble. They're all there as well. Are you with the fave? Yeah, I think I think uh, Big Parade was massive last start. Just uh, getting pipped online by Shelby. Um, he's done so well with this horse. He's just um, gone through the grades, and seems every time it comes back, it's bigger and stronger and hopefully improve off that run again. So I can't knock Big Parade. Uh, Counter Rupee again. There's a there's a lot of horses in this race that um, won't appreciate it. If we are on a heavy nine or ten, you'd have to think Counter Rupee could struggle. Quantico, Signore Fox, a few that won't like it too much. Uh, one that might like it is Kementari. It's trialled really well. It's had a win on the heavy before and to be doing really well on Kementari. I think he's only ridden a couple of times for a couple of wins. So he won on it in Queensland and keeps a ride here. So you never know with Kementari. Gem Song really good last start. And don't knock Trumbull first up uh, either. Um, Trumbull can, can win on a heavy track um, at Randwick. So... Uh, don't forget about it, but I think Big Parade wins here um, and Kementari not too far behind. All right, Big Parade, fingers crossed. First leg of the quaddy, JRA plate, tough one, Ice Bath. We were talking about it a bit earlier. It's equal favourite with Polly Gray, Karen Rides, Brad Whittart, Barrier 5, 460 to 420. Exactly the same odds, Polly Gray, 460 to 420. Maroney is there for Murray Baker and Forsman, Damien Lane's riding, 8 bucks into 550, so some good coin. Maximal, J Mac aboard for John O'Shea, Brutality's going around, Joe Pride and Jay Ford at 750. And we go double figures for like Kukaracha, Numerian, Purple Sector, uh, all those ones. This is a tough one. I'd love to see Ice Bath win. Yeah, I, I actually think it does. I think uh, it's one of my better bets of the, uh, of the day. I mean, it's last two starts, third in a um, Doncaster, third in a Queen of the Turf, running on strong really well. Uh, we always thought um, a couple of runs in at the mile was going to be its go, but I think as she grows on, she actually looks like a 2,000-meter horse. And um, I think on the third week back up, she was really feared on this Randwick track. I, I really like her with Karen aboard again. Uh, 59 kilos, only half a kilo more than uh, the equal favorite in Polly Gray. I, I just think there's a bit more class towards Ice Bath. But Polly Gray, um, Polly Gray can show up. Uh, but... Ice Bath just to beat Polly Gray. There's a couple others you could talk about. Maximal Brutality. Uh, 
a few others, but I like Ice Bath. Go okay, Ice Bath. Ice Bath to take out the first leg of the Quaddy, 2,000-meter race. All-age stakes is next. Another double favorite, which is Mawanga. Going around, Tommy Berry and Annabelle. Uh, look, it's had, a, it's had a win in the heavy. It's had a win in the soft. It's won more in the good. But Tommy's riding Annabelle, barrier nine. It's $4.80. It was four sixty. so it's, look, give or take. It's exactly the same. Forbidden Love, strong 16. Huey aboard for Mr. Friedman. That's at four eighty as well. Look at one a bunch of row, bunch in a row, and then came fourth last start where Mr. Brightside somehow won. That hurt. In the Congo's going around again. Tafane. This is going to be Tafane's last race as well. It's drawn twelve. Mark Zara Maroni. So that's uh, she's off there. Broodmare. Eight fifty. Cascadian Ellsberg and Nimali is there as well. Overpass Shelby sixty six. Fuck you name it. Tough race. No idea who wins. I'd probably lean to Forbidden Love. I mean, it's it's going to be a serious race when uh, you got a Group One winner. I know it's. It shall be 66, but she can't get a run in the race because class above it. I think out of the field so far without the emergencies, there's only one horse that isn't a Group 1 winner, either in Australia or overseas, and that's Ellsberg. And um, Ellsberg's been favourite for a don, Donning before and a few other races, so it's just you, some really classy types in here. I'm going to go Forbidden Love. I think at the 1,400 metre, um, she was tested the mile and just sort of got the, too much of a last um, last start in the Doncaster. Uh, I think back to 1,400 is her go, and she's just have, having the preparation of a life. I mean, just those wait for age group ones and, and that group two win as well, just really beating some really good horses. And I think back, yeah, back to the four, 14 runs really strong. Uh, at 57 kilos. The gate's a bit of a worry, 16, but hopefully Huey can find a decent spot. Cascadian got way too far back last start uh, in the Doncaster and ran on really well. If it can get a bit of a run closer, I think it, it'll run really well. I know some uh, Eagle Eye punters got 26s earlier in the week and had a big lash at it. So always runs well without um, winning the last few runs, Cascadian, but it might be able to get the win here. Sierra Sue uh, has won a massive Group 1, two starts to go, and getting $16 for it. Shout the bar, win a last start. Laws and Indices is another one, but the other one is Mawanga. If um, Annabelle's, I think, been wanting a bit of a, bit of a better track, but she picks her runs really well with Mawanga and... Um, yeah, it's only the second time we're going to see it this prep so far. So, likely a race, but maybe it can get the win. But I'm I'm going to go with Forbidden Love. Forbidden Love. So, if you include the emergencies, I think 14 of the 17 have one group ones. So, I can't work out the three that haven't. So, Mr. Mozart. Yeah, I think uh, Ellsberg and uh, Overpass. Yeah, there you go. So, that's pretty fucking... Sparks will fly. It'll be a bloody good race. Um, all right, race number nine. What is it? We've got a benchmark 100, 1,400 metre race. Our playboy's going around. J-Mac for Mick Price. It's uh, $3.80 in from four forty. Taksu, I like the horse. It's four twenty. It was eight fifty. Far out. Tyler Schiller aboard for Joe Pride. Exo Boom's going around uh, into five fifty. Huetor. Kriya Darius is there. Art Kado. Kerwin's Lane, the front man. Good coin for Taksu. Yeah, uh, just been so consistent so far. This prep gets uh, 52, and then Tyler Sheila claims a couple as well. So um, very lightweight, and you've got to think um, it's the horse on the rise at the moment. Exo Boom had that uh, good second first up. Uh, 
But I'm, I think I'm with Huerta. I think um, it was sort of just a filling out period with Peter and Paul Snowden, and they were just going to see what they're going to do with it before having a spell in Australia and then really target some good races. I think this is um, the last time we see in a benchmark race. I know Brad Gray very keen on it on form line and could go towards the Dooman Cup. And I think um, the three wins were really impressive uh, for, yeah, last prep. So I've got to take Huerta. It's been back $7 into five fifty today. Can't can't knock Taxu. The really interesting one's Marley Stone. So um, Sam Willey comes across to ride it. Sam going really well in New Zealand. It finished third in a Group One last uh, start, last prep behind the chosen one. It's just really interesting uh, targeting a uh, race like this, and maybe they've got some Brisbane races in mind as well. So Marley Stone, the one to watch. But I, I really like Huerta. Huerta. Cool. All right. Last of the day, 1,200 metres, and Tai is going around. Nash is uh, riding for Miss Fogden. What is it now? 380. Did open 360. I still remember that trial. Oh, my God. April Rain at fives. We're at Catalan going around at seven. Starman, Fashion Now. Barry 19, Fashion Now. J-Mac aboard for O'Shea. Samut at 11. Barry 11. That opened 15s. It's now 10. Acquitted. Queen Bellissimo. I like Queen Bellissimo. Was it? $13. Uh, it's had a bit of a spell, a couple of trials. Don't mind that at thirteens. Um, who are you with in the last? I talked up somewhat last start, and I, I still got to stay with it. I think um, I think there's a big upside to this horse. Um, Eden acquitted for the two Chris Lees, so they're going to be the really interesting two, I think, in this race. Uh, yeah, acquitted having um, having a trial here so far, but Huey aboard is going to be very interesting for those two imports. Uh, April Rain, I think, will improve as well. Tai always looks like the winner with about 100 to go before it gets eaten up. And Catlin, very disappointing first up, but normally that's that's its go. But maybe maybe it can go one better here. And um, Starman's a really interesting one as well. But I think I'm going to go with some more. Get the, pri- get the price of 15 into 10s. All right, let's, uh, let's work out a multi. All right, uh, multi-time. We are going two each. I am going, I'm putting in Fireburns. Thanks, Captain Obvious. $1.50. I'm also jumping ship and going to Caulfield, which is race number six, Jump the Broom. John McNeil going to ride uh, $3 for the win. So they're my two. Fireburn, race four, Randwick, Jump the Broom, Caulfield, race six. Tom, yours? Yeah, I'm going Ice Bath. I think third week in a row. I think it's going to be... Uh Bit of black type finally for Iceberg getting the win, four dollars twenty. And for the place, you're going south. I'm gonna go north for a bit of warmth. Uh, our old favourite shooting for gold returns against Zoostyle. I know Zoostyle got its measure uh, first two runs last prep, but Zoostyle comes back with sixty kilos where shooting for gold's got fifty-four. Um, and I think they're very evenly weighted last prep, so I think with that weight swing, uh, shooting for gold can can at least place at a dollar eighty five. Um, maybe even getting the better of a zoo style, but yeah, I, I, our old favourite shooting for gold, I think, is going to run a good race, having a couple of good trials, dollar eighty five for the place. Be interesting how see how a bloody horse is going. I have to ask Ryan Gray, but um, those four is thirty five to one. That's your multi. That's what you want to do. I think Tom just said he got himself a one point two multiplier. That's huge. That's a massive. Big one. So probably means no chance. <laughs> that means huge, yeah. So thirty-five to one. All right, that is racing. On a side note, I'm going for a third week straight of full round tipping. How's your tipping going? 
Mate, I've missed the Thursday night game both weeks as well. So I've, I'm seven from eight the last two weeks. Are oh, you seven from eight both of them? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yep. Maybe I should. Manly were pretty oh, good. Please. Oh, mate. No Tommy, no Turbo. Well, no Manly, no Turbo, whatever it is. It's silly. Um, have you gone Canberra tonight? Uh, yeah, Canberra always a bit worried. I reckon maybe a half-time, full-time Cowboys into Canberra to win. I think I've gone every single home team this week, actually. So, fingers crossed. Storm 13 plus, or? Uh, I love Storm. I do love the Storm, much as I hate saying that as a, as a Manly fan. And um, what about Ryan at the moment? Fuck. Top of the point scorer, try scorer, and Dally M. Dally M. pretty well. Hey, might be, he might be getting himself an origin spot. Who knows, on the bench. Him or Nico, nice. I reckon, number 14. Yeah, well, the two come against each other. Nico and uh, Finucan against the old firm. Going to be a bloody good game. Are you at the track on Saturday? Uh, no, in the studio Saturday. I'm sadly working uh, Friday, Saturday and Monday this uh, <laughs> long weekend. But um, at least I get a couple of days off in lieu that I can save up. Hopefully you soon. All right, mate. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Fingers crossed we get a couple of Ws. Yeah, good, mate.